getting started with our message this morning. Um, you know, we've been talking through the book of Genesis, so that's um, what we've been walking through um, at the start of this year. And um, as we've already talked about, Genesis is really, um, you know, it's, it's ob- obviously like the beginning of the world, but there's also numerous kind of doctrines and ideas that um, really get their start within Genesis. Um, so today, one of the ideas um, that we're going to look at that really starts again in these first couple of chapters is the idea of uh, work. Um, we've already talked about some things that have kind of touched on that, um, the idea of work, and we're going to kind of expand on those and also look a little bit more per, uh, specifically on how those ideas are affected by our work. So, you know, the ideas of Sabbath and how, um, you know, being created in the, the image of God affects our work. Um, so if you would like, um, if there should be some Bibles in front of you under the chairs nearby, um, if you open your books, uh, Bibles up to Genesis 1, verse 26... We'll read that, so I'll give you a second to get those Bibles out. So it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw that, that he, what he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Then ver, uh, chapter 2, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and the whole, all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So let's pray with me. Father, we, um, we just thank you for bringing us together here today and considering, um, your word and what it is that you, um, um, say about our work, Lord. Um, It's something that um, we spend much of our lives on, and so we um, just thank you for providing that direction. Um, I pray that you would open our eyes and our ears to your word, Um, but most importantly, we uh, pray that this would not just be something that we um, agree to intellectually, but that it would affect our hearts, our desires, Lord, and that it would change the way that we approach our work. Um, I know there's also many here that um, just hearing the idea of work is something that um, brings about anxiety, and so I pray that 
um, we would be able to get to the root um, of those issues and see uh, where that idolatry and anxiety comes from. Uh, more importantly, we just pray that we are affected by your word. Again, that it would change our, um, the way we live our lives and, uh, and that we would um, just serve you in joyful obedience. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So this morning, I bet you, at least, you know, if, there, if, if you were meeting or talking to somebody uh, in the meet and greet section and it was something, somebody that you had never met before, kind of one of those common questions that people ask is, what is it that you do? Um, you know, it, it's kind of a safe question. It's kind of like talking about the weather. So it's, you know, getting really hot outside or what about all this rain, et cetera. Um, so it's just kind of a... Um, you know, kind of seen as is really just a, you know, lighthearted conversation, something that people can easily discuss. Um, but I think, you know, at a deeper level, um, you know, it really gets to this idea of who we are. You know, it's almost like somebody's asking who you are and they, they feel like knowing what it is that you do is, is really what your identity is wrapped up in. Um, you know, I look, did a little bit of uh, research before um, or, or in preparation for this and looked at some of the, the amount of time we spend in our work. So uh, just to kind of give some context, um, in our lives, an average person will spend about 5% of their lives eating, about 5.5% driving, 4% uh, on the internet, 11% watching TV, which is pretty scary there. Uh, and then about 13% of our lives are spent working. Um, and that's, that's our, in total, not including just your uh, awake hours. So if you look at just the time that you're awake, um, it equates to about 20%, 21% of our entire lives is spent working. Um, and that, that really, again, it's, that's just looking at it across your entire life. So somebody that's living to the, you know, into their 70s and including all of that time period in your life where you're not even uh, technically working. And that's just rounded out at an eight-hour day, which for some of us, that probably seems like a pretty short um, a work time frame. So if you, you start to think of the time that you spent commuting to and from work, um, any times that you're spending over that eight hours, um, that 21% starts to rise pretty quickly. So, you know, the point of that being is that our work takes up a huge, huge portion of our lives. Um, and, you know, I, I think for many of us, we, we think of it as being somewhat of an insignificant piece or um, maybe not so much insignificant, but something that maybe God really doesn't care that much about. Um, you know, to be honest, it's like we, we come in and, you know, he, he really cares about what we're doing on Sunday. Um, but, you know, what does he really have to say about what it is that I do for a living? Um, as I prepared for this, you know, I was trying to kind of think through some things. And, you know, to be honest, again, um, you know, I, I work full-time, um, you know, in another job. This is something I do bivocationally, so it's not my primary um, source of, of uh, income or anything like that. Um, and, and to be honest, work is something that I kind of 
you know, have struggles with. It's not something that just becomes um, an easy thing. A lot of it, I experience frustration, um, you know, just disappointment in things, etc. So I was really excited to kind of dive into this. Again, not so much because I have things figured out, um, but just to get the opportunity to kind of study and th uh, see what God's, God's Word has to say about it. So there's a few questions I particularly wanted to answer or to ask as I was going through this. First is, what does the God, um, Bible have to say about what I do for a living? Um, and this is probably of particular concern maybe for some college students that are still kind of figuring out maybe what their majors might be or what kind of career field they may be going into. Uh, second, how does the Bible provide direction on how we should work? And third, and probably most kind of fundamental or at the, the core of things, why is it that we do work? What, what's the purpose of it? So to start out, I wanted to basically go back again into Genesis and kind of walk through these first couple of chapters and see what it is that um, we can say about work from, from these first two chapters. So if you'll, again, look at verse 21, uh, 26, and 27, we'll start there. And it said, Then God said, Let us make man in our, in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, um, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So last week, uh, Jeremy talked um, about being created in the image of God and what that means. So I'm not going to sit here and go through that in depth, um, but I will provide a quick summary and then also talk a little bit about how I think this affects um, what, how, how we do our work. Um, so first off, being created in the image of God doesn't mean, obviously, that we physically look like God. Um, obviously, even within this room, there's quite a bit of differences in how we look physically. Um, and so I think when we talk about being created in the image of God, there's a couple of things that um, we can kind of think about and how um, that, what that means to us. Um, it's, it's not something that's completely defined here in Genesis, but we, we can kind of flesh that out um, over the rest of the Bible. So first off, um, you know, we inherit certain characteristics or qualities that um, God possesses in being created in the image of God. So um, there's just certain, you know, character traits and things like that that we are going to exhibit much differently than like, uh, you know, plants and animals, for example, um, you see something different and you can tell the difference between a dog and a human and how they interact. Um, the other aspect of this is more of uh, what is it our, what's our overall purpose for being created. Um, and this is really talking about um, the, the, um, the reason that we were created um, and being put over um, creation to um, to basically rule over creation. So it's, it's like we've been um, placed in or put into God's place here on earth to represent him or as an image of God. So um, uh, 
after describing being created in the image of God, um, God gives man a task or kind of a job. So in verse 28, um, we see what he what his purpose is for in creating man and specifically for creating man in the image of God. So, and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So when God says, um, be fruitful and multiply, we also see him saying that when he creates plants and animals. Um, but we'll see that when he creates man, he gives us a, um, an extra or, or he, he provides something else in that blessing when he says um, that we'll exercise dominion over creation. So, so it is, we, we do have something unique um, about us as humans that, you know, animals, for example, um, are not given. So they are told to be fruitful and mu multiply, but they aren't um, told to subdue earth and have domi exercise dominion over it. Um, so as Jeremy said last week, this is commonly referred to as the cultural mandate, or that's um, what people um, talk about in um, you know, many circles, or that's, that's what you would hear it um, described as. So in providing this mandate for uh, man, he's basically, again, giving us the purpose for why it is that he created us. Um, um, he's, he's basically told us, you know, we're, we're to exercise dominion and subdue creation. Um, and we do this by basically improving upon the creation that he has already provided. So, you know, God specifically says that. He doesn't um, expect everything to say this, stay the sa same. He says, exercise dominion, subdue the earth, um, improve on what it is that I've um, given to you. So there's multiple ways that I think we do this or that um, you can see people, you know, subduing and um, exercising dominion. Um, we do this, you know, in different ways as we kind of influence the culture around us. Um, so it may be in our hobbies. Um, it could be in planting a garden, um, you know, farming, um, uh, creating art, uh, writing books, etc. Um, but I also think that it's in relation to what we do for a living or in our work. Um, in addition, if you'll flip ahead a little bit just to chapter 2, verse 15, um, it kind of expands a little bit on this or puts a, a slightly different um, twist on this commandment. Um, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and keep it. So again, as Jeremy mentioned last week, um, this is really more considered to be uh, more priestly terms. So um, in the description of the Levites, um, um, the Levites caring for the tabernacle, he uses these same terms. Um, so it, it kind of changes the context of our relationship to God in, um, in this uh, description. So I think based on these two things, again, um, we see that God has given us, um, first off, 
as image bearers, he's given us um, a job to do, to cultivate the earth, to um, basically um, allow for human flourishing by um, affecting culture. Um, But then I think in chapter 2, again, it kind of changes that relationship. So um, it's, it's in service to God that we do that. So we're called to do it, but it is in service and worship of him that we do that. Um, A couple of other things that I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about um, in these first couple of chapters or ideas that we've already talked about a little bit before um, is that um, just the, and it may almost seem obvious, but um, work existed from the very beginning. So, um, you know, verse 1-1 of Genesis, in the beginning, God created. Um, So, you know, we don't see work sprouting up later on. I mean, the very first sentence is, in the beginning, God created. Um, We even see the fact that the creation account is set in the context of a a typical work week. So we work for six days, we take off for the seventh, etc. Some of you may be sitting here thinking, okay, well, you know, creation, is that really the same thing as work? Um, but again, if we, we look back in Genesis, we see um, that his work is deci- um, uh, described as creation. So in chapter 2, um, if we look at that passage, um, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of him. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all this, um, his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done. So um, again, you could basically say that creation or creativity is an ex- um, work is an expression of, of that. Um, that's how it's described in regards to God. And I think it's significant for a couple of reasons. Um, first off, I think it... Um, it, it puts more significance on what it is that we do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, we're not British aristocrats from like the, you know, 16th century where we're not really wanting to get our hands dirty or we're not expected to. Um, you know, God himself worked. So I think it puts a, um, or it provides more significance in, in all the work that we do, not in just certain types of work, et cetera. And then I think, again, from just a real common sense perspective, um, you know, work is um, there from the very beginning. Uh, You know, again, it doesn't come about later on as a result of sin. Um, Work work is there from the very, very beginning um, of the Bible. Um, Also, I think that we can see um, that... um, that work, you know, since it is provided um, prior to the fall and in the context of these passages, that it's really meant to be a blessing for us. Um, again, it's not, shouldn't be seen as, as some sort of punishment um, or, or anything like that. Um, it's something that he provides as a blessing for us um, to basically be able to find um, some worth in, and we have significance as far as what it is that we do on this, this earth. It's not like we were just sent here and then, hey, hang out until I get back, um, you know, and then you're just kind of standing around here wondering what it is that I'm supposed to do in this life. He gives us 
a task that provides us um, some motivation and gives us um, you know, a different idea of, about what it is that we do um, here in the world. Um, so the other idea that I want to just briefly talk about, and again, uh, Blake talked about this a few weeks ago, but is just the idea of rest. So while work um, it should be considered a blessing, it, that doesn't mean that the more and more of it, the more blessing that you get. Um, we see clearly in these, the first uh, chapter of Genesis that God lays out uh, basically a pattern for our work. So, you know, he worked six days, and then when he completed his work, um, he took, he took a, a Sabbath or he took a rest. Um, oftentimes, I think especially in our culture, um, we really view that this rest period is... Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like God was really worn out for six days, and so then on the seventh day, you know, he just took a rest. No, I think, you know, he, he shows that he completed his work, but also, um, you know, the, the purpose of that Sabbath isn't just, um, you know, that's, that's not really the ultimate goal. Um, that just provides us a means of rest um, so that that way we can go out into the world the rest of the six days of the week. So it's meant to rejuvenate us. Um, it's meant to um, reinvigorate us. And it's also to um, basically restore um, the, the proper motive for work. So now, you know, by taking that Sabbath, being here today, we consider what it is that God's calling us to do. So um, kind of reminds us of our mission as we go about um, our work. Let me get a drink here real quick. Um, so I think, again, as we look back on these first uh, few chapters of Genesis, I think it provides us um, a good context of what work was men- meant to be. So first, God provided a purpose for us. So he told us to subdue the earth and exercise dominion over creation. Um, ser- uh, secondly, he, um, you know, work is a, is a good thing. Um, it's, it's a blessing, and it's meant to be a blessing to, to mankind um, in providing us a mission. Um, and third, he establishes a rhythm for work. So, again, we're not just to go out and work as much as we, we um, uh, want, or we don't ex- expect to experience um, more and more blessings without a healthy work-life balance. So, you know, that leaves us, you know, if we, if we kind of stop the story there, um, I think something seems to be, you know, kind of a miss here. Um, you know, if we look at those first couple of chapters of Genesis, um, and, and you're sitting here thinking about what it is that you do in your work, you might say that, hey, I have a much different experience than this. Um, what, what kind of basically happened? You know, I mean, it seems like God provided us something to do. Um, he established it as a uh, blessing for us, but, you know, why is it that we're frustrated in our work? Um, so unfortunately, um, and again, this is kind of, I guess we haven't gotten there yet in Genesis, but, you know, uh, sin enters the world um, and it changes work. Again, you know, I will point out that, you know, this work was given to us prior to the fall, so it wasn't as if work itself is a punishment, but we do see that work is affected um, by, uh, by sin. So 
um, you know, we'll see later um, after, after the fall that the ground is cursed and by the sweat of our brows, um, uh, we will eat and it will bring forth uh, thorns and thistles. So um, it gives us, gives us a sense that we now um, are not going to experience the, the same satisfaction in our jobs that we did before. And there's going to be thorns and thistles along the way. So, you know, when I looked, um, you know, or thought about this and thought about myself, um, you know, I, I came across, or I, or I think we could kind of sum up um, two types of people or two different ways that I think people approach work. Um, each of us kind of experience, uh, you know, these difficulties in, in various ways. Um, and so there's different types of thorns and thistles, I guess you could say. Um, so that, that first group of people, um, I think, really just sees work as something that we have to do. Um, you know, there's really no joy in it. Um, it seems pretty pointless and futile to do it. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't seem like what you're really doing has any impact on other people, um, potentially. And even if it does, it maybe seems like it's, it's fairly limited. Um, so, you know, if we look to um, Ecclesiastes, um, I think it gives us a pretty good summary of how some of us feel. So if you want to, you can flip with me to Ecclesiastes. Okay. So Ecclesiastes uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 18 says, I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool, yet he will be master over um, all of which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about in the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. So, you know, I think that, you know, definitely uh, changes, um, you know, or, or maybe is much more accurately described how some of us are approach our work uh, than what we're seeing in the, the first few chapters of Genesis. Um, you know, it, it just, again, it seems futile. Um, you know, we have constant thorns and thistles. Um, there's just really no um, joy in work. Um, so this person, you know, if you ask them what it is that you do, they're kind of first immediate gut reaction is kind of like, oh man, somebody's asking me about what I do, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about what, did I, what I do for a living because, you know, it, it's really pointless. Um, you know, again, I may have, you know, felt like I chose some career that doesn't really fulfill who I am, etc. Um, so if you fall into this camp, again, I think you're going to see or feel like work is more of a punishment than it is a blessing. So, you know, it's just, again, something that is a necessary thing that you do, but not something that you get to do. Um, 
you know, uh, you probably don't really feel like God necessarily cares about what you do for a living. So again, you know, as long as I come to church on Sundays and then, you know, maybe at some extent it affects how you work in the sense of, yeah, he probably cares that, um, you know, I don't cheat or lie or um, do something outright wrong in my work, but there's really nothing else about it. Um, so I think that's, that's um, something that accurately describes at least one kind of group of people. And, and I think in some cases, you know, we kind of bounce between uh, these, two these two groups. Um, the second group of people, you know, approach work much differently. Um, so they're the type that when you ask them what it is that they do for a living, they're, they're pretty excited to kind of tell you about what they do. Um, maybe they, um, they do something that they feel like really makes an impact. Um, and so, you know, they're proud to kind of tell you about what they do. Or, um, you know, again, maybe they've kind of ro risen to um, a, a point in their careers where they, they feel like they have a certain amount of power or influence, um, or they, they make a certain amount of money. Um, and so they're more, they're kind of, they're, they're much more pleased to um, tell you about what it is that they do for, for a living. Um, when I was, again, preparing for this, I came across a article, and it was a Q&A column um, called Asbriana. Um, and um, basically, a college student asked the question. It says, I am graduating from college. How do I pick a career that I actually like? Um, the response that they had was, no matter what you studied, you can find a job you love. Think about what fires you up, explore related careers in short-term, low-risk ways, and make sure you'll earn enough money to cover your needs, wants, and future self. Um, I think, you know, there, there's a couple of things, I guess, concerning about that. And one is I think that's probably a pretty common um, uh, advice that somebody would give you. Um, and, and, you know, at, at some level, I don't think it's bad. I mean, I'm not saying here that the point of work is to go find something you purposely don't enjoy just to punish yourself. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's not bad to try to seek after work that you do that, um, that you enjoy. Um, but, you know, I think we see from this that really the ultimate source or the meaning that, that this person is looking for is to basically, um, it, it's, it's completely self-centered. Um, you know, the idea is that, you know, we're trying to get to a point to um, realize what our future self is. Um, you know, everything's with, within, our, within our own grasps or our own control. Um, you know, from just a practical standpoint, I'd say that, you know, that's not really the common, um, we don't really see that um, commonly in our culture. I think most people would say that they're not very satisfied in their work. And there's just some jobs that, you know, nobody grows up saying, hey, I really wished I could do this for a living. Um, but, but somebody's got to do it. So, you know, for those people in those jobs, are, are they just kind of left out there to be um, unhappy for the rest of their lives because they got into some career field that, that doesn't fulfill them? Um, so I think there's, there's going to be those people that maybe are seeking 
um, to find fulfillment um, through that. Um, but ultimately, you know, what happens when, you know, they don't get into the school they want to get into? What if they, you know, don't make it into law school or medical school or, um, you know, they just, they get into that career field and they had this, this idea that this was going to be the primary means of um, fulfilling who they are and, and finding their identity in it. And then they get there and realize, man, this is not, not what I intended. Um, so I think it, it leaves you, um, you know, pretty depressed when you, when you go into something thinking, hey, this is where I'm going to find my true identity. And then you come in and, and you have your dreams just crushed. Um, the other thing that, I, that concerns me about this um, is just, again, that um, it, it leads to just a sense of anxiety. Um, so, again, you, you go into a career and then you find all of a sudden it's not going to meet what it is that you want or you, you think that you just have to kind of work harder or harder. So it's just a matter of your work. And so it just leads to this, um, you know, toil, this hard work that um, just creates, creates anxiety. Um, but, you know, if we look at both groups of these people, I think at one level we sit there and we think that there's a drastic difference between these two. Um, you know, in one, they're not trying to find their identity in their work at all. And then the other, their, you know, sole purpose is to find their identity in what it is that they do for a living. Um, but, you know, I think if we take a closer look at that first person, we'll find that, you know, it's not that they're really experiencing freedom and joy. It's almost like they've just given up on it um, to a certain extent. So, you know, they, they, they still don't see work as a means of worshiping God. It's just, it's something that I have to do. Um, and so, again, they're, they're, they're unhappy even in their jobs um, because they're not finding fulfillment in it. Um, so they just kind of act as if it doesn't really matter to them. Um, that second group of people, I think it's, it's much easier to kind of see um, some of the idolatry in it. So again, you know, seeking after acceptance, power, control um, by the means of what they do for a living. Um, fortunately, again, you know, previously the, the story didn't end. And fortunately for us, um, the story still does not end there. Um, so there are implications, I guess, of the gospel that, um, that speak to these different areas of our lives. So where should we find hope or, um, you know, what are we, how are we to respond? Um, again, um, it just feels like either we're doomed to um, discontentment in our work or we're going to go and make an idol out of our work. Um, one of the core identities um, that we talk about here at Providence Road as disciples of Jesus Christ are as being a worshiper. Um, as we see it, um, you know, you're bound to worship something. Um, again, we see, you know, with, with people seeking their identity in their work, they're seeking to find, they're, they're basically worshiping um, that career. Um, so it's not so much a matter of what it is, whether we will worship um, anything or not. It's what we are going to worship. Um, so fortunately, again, for us, um, Jesus Christ came. Um, he bore the weight of our sin. He died on the cross for us. Um, and through that, 
we are now united to him. Um, because of that union with him, it, it's given us new desires. It's changed the way that we um, approach life. Um, you know, we, we still are going to have those occasions that we fall back into sin, but our, our identity is no longer placed um, in something that, that we have little control over um, and that is ultimately just going to let us down. So we, re- so we really need to remind ourselves of what it is that our identity should truly be in. Um, so again, you know, we, we can, um, because of the gospel, we are united to Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's like uh, we're taking on his identity in that. Um, so when we do that, um, you know, worship happens. Um, we experience freedom and joy um, in whatever it is that we do. So, um, again, you may experience some level of um, uh, satisfaction in your job, um, and that's fine. And maybe you ex- experience a lot of satisfaction in your job. Um, that's good as well. But when, when you find that you're in a career field that really doesn't, um, again, fulfill you, you're not left out there without anything else because now your identity is crushed. So as we close, I want to give just a couple of practical um, uh, guidelines or guidance um, on how this, you know, the gospel should really impact us um, as Christians. Um, Like I said, uh, the gospel provides us a new motivation. So Again, we no longer have to, you know, because of our um, identity being in Jesus Christ, uh, we don't have to seek that identity in something else. Um, you know, we, we have a means of reflecting God's character um, in creation, um, and we can see the significance of that because God gave us that, um, that thing to do. So he, he gave us a mission to go out and do, and we can see that and find joy in that. Um, for those of you that are seeking to find, um, so that, that kind of speaks a little bit to the person that um, is more dejected in their work, uh, but those, for those of you that are seeking to identify or get your identity in your work, um, you know, I, I hope you realize kind of the, the pointlessness or the futility in doing that, um, but again, we can look, you know, upon Jesus Christ. Um, we can look at what he's done. And so as we experience those thorns and thistles, um, you know, we no longer have to um, go after our jobs as um, a means of finding who we are. So our union with Christ frees us um, to find, find that need um, to do that. And, uh, you know, for those people too, like I said, I think a lot of um, people in that situation really find themselves in a lot of anxiety, so they may experience um, some freedom in their, their work and some enjoyment in their work. But again, like, you know, they feel this necessary, um, that it's necessary to perform at a certain level because if maybe if I back off a little bit, I'm not going to get to where it is that I want to be. And so um, then I'm, you know, basically worried even about the idea that I'm not going to be able to put my identity in my career because what if I lose my job or what if I, again, don't, don't um, attain the level of success that I, um, you know, want to get to. Um, you know, I think 
you know, there also is just, again, you know, speaking to anxiety. I think a lot of people, you know, especially probably college students, um, there's um, just anxiety about what the future holds um, for you. And um, so you're thinking about, again, what, what major you might do, what career, what job you may, might take um, after you graduate. And I, I just remind you that, um, again, like, remind you of God's providence in this. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about the fact that somehow you're going to thwart his plan for your life by choosing the wrong major. He knows what it is that um, he's called you to do. He will um, work out his mission through you regardless of what you do in that. So um, I had a, came across kind of a, a quick summary, so kind of just in closing, that I think really um, got at this big picture of um, just the theology of work. Um, and I got this um, out of a, a biblical theology book um, talking specifically about work. And it says, um, we see that man was created to work, to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and to subdue it and exercise dominion, um, working and keeping it. So he gives, gives us a... a um, um, a mission there. And then imaging God in his character to improve upon creation so that all life might flourish. So really, the, the, again, the purpose of our work is, one, in worship to God, but also, two, to see um, earth flourish and people flourish and animals and creation flourish. Um, however, man sinned, bringing death and futility, but through obedience um, to God's instruction and our redemption, God accomplished on the cross, it frees us from idolatry and work, and motivates us to work unto the Lord. Our work then becomes an arena in which we love God and our neighbor. So again, you know, hopefully it completely just puts um, our work in a completely different perspective, because no, no longer do we have to seek to find our identity um, in that work. So, um, Again, I think, you know, I just want to um, remind and encourage you all that may, again, be um, feeling frustration in your work and, and anxiety in what you do that, um, you know, you're not dependent on what it is that you do or what you do for a living. Um, you know, so when somebody asks you that question about what it is that you do for a living, um, you know, you can tell them what you, you do, but you don't put your ultimate faith in that. So let's um, pray, I wanna pray for us, um, and then we'll enter into um, just a time of communion. Father, um, we thank you for um, just giving us um, a purpose in our creation. You have invited us into, um, into your work um, to transform this world and, and to spread your glory throughout the um, creation. Um, we know um, that we, we can make an idol out of our work um, and that we uh, often do this, but I just pray that you would give us um, eyes to see where that may be um, and um, that we would uh, focus our eyes upon you and that would change the way in which we approach um, our work. Um, I also just pray for, again, those that are experiencing uh, just anxiety and what it is that they, they do, um, that 
that through the power of the gospel that um, they would experience the freedom and joy um, in you and that that would free us to um, not work for, um, for man, but for God and for you. So we just pray this in Jesus' mighty um, and powerful name. Amen.